I have to admit, I was a little confused by this at first. Knowledge is power program. Movies and candy were my secret to success. 50 to 50 is a podcast documenting Michael Ivan Schwartz's journey to turning 50. Each week, he will attempt to do something he's never done before over the 50 weeks leading up to his birthday on December 20th, 2019, on his personal quest to expand, experiment, and embrace. I'm your host, Derek Vaughn Brown, and I'm here to antagonize Michael Ivan while holding him accountable to his goal. This is your outline. Yeah. There is no outline for this episode at all. Correct. The outline I have before me is your presentation that you gave to KIPP students. I did. Okay, so this is very interesting. First thing, what is KIPP? Can you tell us about what that is? I think someone else should do it. No, you're totally right. Hey Alexis, could you tell us more about KIPP? In 1994, Mike Feinberg and Dave Levin, two teachers from Teach for America, started a fifth grade public school program in Houston, Texas called KIPP, which stands for Knowledge is Power Program. KIPP is currently the largest network of charter schools in the U.S. They host a network of free college prep schools in low-income areas. KIPP Baltimore was founded in 2002, and in 2019 they served more than 1,500 students and 1,000 alumni. They have both an elementary school, KIPP Harmony Academy, and a middle school, KIPP Ujima Village Academy in Northwest Baltimore. They also support alumni through their KIPP Through College program. Alexis uh, sounds a little different this week. Yes, she does. She's actually in the hospital, unfortunately, uh, battling her battle with health and uh, hopefully she'll be uh, back with us next week. So good wishes and peace and comfort to Alexis as we uh, await her return. Do you think they'd let us into the hospital to record it in the hospital? Do you think she'd want us there? She'd be like, get the think, fuck out of here. I, I think the second part is what would be the issue, actually. My friend had said, hey, do you want to go visit Alexis right now? And I'm like, ah, I just did my 50 to 50 event, which was kickboxing, which is going to be Ooh, next week. baby. A little prelude. Uh, and then we had this time set up to record, and so I had a pass on visiting her at the hospital. But I did think about us just trucking in there with all the gear. But I think even if they let us through the doors with it, Alexis would have been like, fuck you all. So this week's brand new thing in your 50 weeks approaching your 50th birthday is the first time giving a presentation at a college and career style event. Yeah, I was invited by the school, KIPP. Ujima Village Academy, a middle school right nearby, about two miles away, where I coach lacrosse. Go Kipsters. Go Kipsters. And then I just handed you the outline, and that is what we're using to uh, have a conversation about the event. I have to admit, I was a little confused by this at first. I was like, wait, are you going to say trivia questions? <laughs> uh, no, it's not a dialogue, Derek. It's an outline. It's a one-way conversation. So you originally got involved in KIPP over a decade ago, right? Yeah, this is actually my 11th year coaching lacrosse as a volunteer. I started out as an assistant coach. My good buddy, Thanel, 
was coaching the first ever season uh, at KIPP 12 years ago. And a couple guys that he worked with had families and young kids and decided they really couldn't dedicate the time. So he reached out to me. We knew each other through the lacrosse community. I did a lot of video work at US Lacrosse where he worked at the time. And said, hey, you wanna help me coach? I was like, sure, I've coached on and off in uh, Delaware before. And when I first came to Baltimore, I coached at City College High School uh, for two years and then took a couple years where I did some after school programming where lacrosse sometimes was included. But this was my first kind of big venture in Baltimore with the middle school program. And so I helped him as an assistant coach for three years, then he left. And honestly, I went looking for another head coach because I didn't really want to be the head coach. Because I run my own business, I have a lot yeah. of free time, but not all the time. And, and so, that's a huge responsibility. And yeah. it seems like somewhat of a passion project too. A hundred percent. I mean, I don't get paid. In fact, I spend money on Gatorades and gear that's needed and found another head coach, worked on him for three more years. And then by that time, this is six years in as an assistant coach, when he left, it seemed like I kind of should take up the mantle and be the head coach. And so I switched to being the head coach four years ago. Is that right? Six, four, five years ago and uh, continued under the league that we were under and had a lot of struggles with that league and tensions over the five, six years, seven years at that point that I had been assistant and now head coach and actually launched a new league. Uh, it's the Baltimore Urban Lacrosse League, Bull, as we like to call it. Nice, that's a good name. I like, yeah, I was pretty, pretty happy with that and I've made some cool designs with it to use in our all-star team. So wait, you launched that? Yeah, along with actually Thanel, who was back in the lacrosse coaching at a different school at that point, and another coach, we all kind of joined forces and said, it's time to make a, a league a little bit more focused on what we thought it should be focused in on, the kids, making sure the coaches had say in what happened, getting the administration from the schools on board. We wound up with four boys teams and four girls teams four years ago. Now it's our fourth year, and we now have ten boys teams and five girls teams. Sadly, we lost one of the girls' teams. We had six. An um, airplane crash? No, 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 not that dark. <laughs> <laughs> Just one of the coaches was unable to continue on. Uh, she had a kid and mm. has other responsibilities at the school that she taught at. And some of her students may be playing with one of the other schools or kind of do some combo oh, efforts. Oh, man, that's sad. So the team was actually disbanded, not just like removed yeah. from the league. Like they just couldn't hold it together as a right, team for administrative right. reasons. And, that, and that's happened both in the previous league and this currently. We had another school that was all girls that were in for a year, but then that coach left. And it's hard to find the adults who are available after school during the week. You know, a lot of yeah. teams in this world, it's nights and weekends, and so parents and family members can get involved. Ours are right after school because they're school-based teams, so it's a little bit tougher. You gotta find teachers often, administrators in the building who are willing to be coaches, and that's the majority of our teams. But there are a few teams like mine where it's just an outside person. So someone like me who owns his own business, has a passion for it, can uh, put some time out. And then I have an assistant coach for five years that helped me. He left last year. So this year, bonus, I found four Loyola freshmen who are at Loyola University and participate in the club lacrosse team. And they are now coming out two to three times a week, as well as a, a guy, I think he's about 30, who played Division two for Lycoming College, he was a goalie, and so he comes out and works just with our goalies. So it's been a really good year for the Kipsters to have a lot of adults and a lot of folks who care about the sport and care about them and uh, helping everyone get better. So that's my whole connection to Kip and how I got initially involved and then 
walking down the hall one day, getting some things organized. I bumped into the kind of admin folks at KIPP Baltimore, who oversee all of KIPP programs in the city. And they said, hey, would you want to speak at the College and Career Day? You can come and speak to one of the classes. And so they signed me up. And uh, next thing you know, I'm in an eighth grade science class in the building, middle of the day for one hour. My initial thoughts were that I, I had always known that you were really involved, but the first thing I had really heard this year about lacrosse was that it might be your last year. So then I'm like, and then, I, then you started talking about all of this infrastructure and the support network that you've helped put into place. I mean, it's not like you'd be leaving them high and dry, but like you've been involved since day one of this lacrosse program of the league and then year two for KIPP specifically. So it's, it's been a long, you know, 11 years. Uh, not long in a bad way, but just I've been involved for a long time and I'm very proud of what we've done and I enjoy working with the kids. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that drives me nuts. It's honestly working with the adults that tend to be attention. But I tell you, we just had our mid-season coaches meeting and in our previous league we'd have meetings once a while before the season and the season and there'd be like four or five coaches out of 10 or 15 coaches there. We had every team represented except one, 15 teams, we had 14 coaches there and I was a few minutes late and they were already there eating pizza and ready to go. It was, it kind of blew my mind and, and, and you know, I didn't well up in tears but I, I got choked up a little bit to realize that, you know, I helped start this thing and it's moving forward and I think it's doing a lot of things well but it's still a struggle. This is not yeah. It's not easy work working with middle schoolers in general. Put them in uh, Baltimore City schools and add to it lack of funds, lack of resources, fields, adults who want to give this type of time and energy to an after school program. I mean, it's, it's a lot to keep going and there's a lot of cool programs out there in the city that I'm excited exist and uh, hopefully this one continues on for many years post my involvement, so we'll see whether I continue or not, but I'm leaning towards this being my uh, final year with lacrosse and, and KIPP and in the league. So did you use this as your Shakespearean uh, adieu? I enjoy speaking in public and haven't done it in a formal setting like this in quite some time, and so I guess it was more almost like a beginning, a new beginning of, I would like to do more of this. I don't know that I mean I want to do college and career classes across the city, but I enjoy speaking and sharing my perspective on life and interacting with an audience, whether they're adults or kids. I think there's times in my life where I would have been stomach in knots, I'm about to talk to a group of strangers, how do I act, are they going to listen to me, am I going to mess up my words, you know, get very nervous. And I was super calm. It was a very relaxing atmosphere and uh, I do admit I pulled a few tricks out of my substitute teaching days when I lived in Delaware at the beach, that was one of my part-time jobs. Movies and candy were my secret to success as a substitute teacher. And uh, get through the details that the teacher would leave me, you know, get through the, they usually gave you some dumb worksheets or some very simple assignment. It was usually an hour, hour and a half long class and they gave you about 10 minutes worth of work. So I had to come up with creative ways to keep them busy and keep them occupied and keep them from running out and causing mayhem. Which I wasn't always successful, but I'll save those stories for another time. But I did uh, bring some video clips from the work that I've done, because that fits in very well with my college career experience. And brought candy that I use as trivia answers. If they 
answered my question correctly or asked a very good question, they would get either a crunch bar, a little mini crunch bar, or a starburst. And so that got their attention. They went from wanting this news to, ooh, ooh I'm raising my hand. And so uh, I think that worked pretty well. All right, so tell me more about where these kids are in their, their life path. So these, they're currently in eighth grade. Yeah. Is Kip a six through 12 or a six through eight? So it's actually interesting. Kip, at least when it came to Baltimore, starts as fifth through eighth. Oh, wow. And then they add an elementary school that's K through four, and they currently are in the same building. So it's K through eight, but it's two separate schools. Yeah, There's yeah. Kip Ujima Village Academy is the middle school, and Kip Harmony is the elementary. So I was speaking to the oldest kids at the school, so they, you know, have a little bit of a pride about them and they actually call themselves the pride of oh, 2000 nice. whatever for when they're graduating high school so they have a very big focus at kip at your class even from kindergarten is focused on graduating high school and then they have a, another program called kip to and through college where they really help kids get into the best schools follow them through the college process uh, and hopefully get them into careers so the eighth grades you know they're still young they're 13 14 years old roughly and they're beginning pretty seriously at this time of year, thinking about where they're going next year for high school. Uh, and they get into some of the best high schools in the city and private schools, public schools. And uh, I've been to the graduation most years since I've been coaching. And seeing that list of where they're going next is pretty amazing. You know, yeah. I, folks may not know these names, but like places like McDonough and the Park School and Bryn Mawr School for Girls and Friends School, as well as Dunbar and City and Poly, some of the, the public schools and the public charter schools. Uh, Green Street, they really um, pack the schools uh, in for these kids. They're not just floating to the next grade without thinking. They really uh, have a good process. And to the point where they bring in people like me to speak about college and career to them. And I'm yeah. a, not your typical uh, college career path person. So did you go to college? I did. I went to the University of Delaware, go Blue Hens. Uh, and I kind of opened up the uh, conversation with the kids about my high school and college and I decided what might interest them is to guess a famous person that went to my high school, Lower Marion High School in the suburbs of Philly. The answer is, do you know Derek? I have never. Famous heard. sports person, I'll give you a hint, basketball. I You're not a, the, do the sports not know guy. anything about sports at all. Yes, well the answer is Kobe Bryant. Oh, wow. And there was a couple of guesses before that, and a kid just randomly said Kobe Bryant, and he really had no idea. He just <laughs> was guessing, and it was right. And then we went to the University of Delaware. There's a much more famous local superstar. Do you happen to know that one, Derek? Football, the Ravens, quarterback. Flacco? Yeah, Joe Flacco went to the University of Delaware. So like, oh, did you go to school with him? I'm like, nah, I'm a little bit older. So... Uh, <laughs> That was the good intro. Gave him a lot of the basics of academics and admitted that I had a 2.0 in college. So got the degree. It took five years. Uh, I was letting them know, hey, you know, you can have a successful career in life and not be a brainiac or be someone who academically crushes it. Uh, and I think they probably are told by a lot of folks that's, you know, academics, academics, academics. Definitely told them it was important, but a lot of times it's about making it to and through college getting that degree it doesn't really no one's ever asked me my gpa in any job i've ever had and running my own business it really doesn't matter uh, but it was an experience that i thought was important to share with them that i'm not again your typical look at me i went 4.0 went to harvard and i went to med school and grad school you know like i was letting them see there's another path for people that maybe want to 
well, something a little different. And you might not be the paragon of inspiration for some of these students who might be on like an engineering path. Absolutely. And they might be looking for like a seven-year college program and yeah. like a straight A's and like they're used to academic performance, but they're probably our kids. Like I was terrible in school. Right. And for someone to be like, hey, if you're bad in school, but you're clever and you can, you can keep it going, you can keep moving forward, just find your passion and work. And like there are a career will find you surround yourself with the right kinds of people. Yeah. Hang out with the people that you want to be most like work hard towards your, your passions and you can have a 2.0. You can be just like Michael Avin Schwartz. Or Derek Von Brown, who apparently <laughs> is going to give the next college and career talk. I'm going to let Kip know you're available. <laughs> I think uh, you hit some points that I didn't even mention about who you align yourself with and how you spend your time. I think those are things that, uh, for me, I still did very much a traditional path of graduate high school, you go to college, you get a degree, you know, and I just thought I was following the pattern because that was what's in front of me. And uh, had I known differently where I wanted to go in exactly way, I probably would have gone a different path save some money, but uh, still very happy for the experience that I had at Delaware. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's probably something walking around with a college degree, you feel a little bit more secure, even if it's not so meaningful in the work that I do. Again, the beauty of the different paths. I'm going to ask kids, hey, who's thinking about college yet? And wh where are you thinking? And one kid wants to go to Harvard, you know, one kid's talking about UMBC, a local school. I mean, they had specific schools in mind. In eighth grade, I didn't think much about anything you know i mean it was about getting through lunch without getting beat up or getting through you know some social situation at home or you know it's just funny to me uh, and pretty impressive i think on kip's part that they're preparing these kids for their future and they're giving them opportunities to hear and see things that i was not exposed to and i went to a very good school in the suburbs of philadelphia i mean it's definitely top tops in the state and well recognized and uh it's interesting that even in that environment, I wasn't exposed to some of the stuff the uh, kids at Kipper are exposed to. So kudos to them. I have to admit that in job searching, having a degree at all is super helpful. If you go the career path, you could start working when you're 17 in film. And by the time you're 20, you have three years experience as an editor. Most likely. You might get paid less, though, and that's something to consider. And for me, because of that, the topics I chose to give them, I was very short on the education part and then jumped into a section where I talked about all the different jobs I've had in my life. All the way from like teenager first jobs, mowing lawns, running my own business doing that, working at a Hallmark card shop, which I joked with them, because I'm like, do you even know what a card is? Do the people give each other cards anymore? It's just all electronic. I was a picture framer, worked in two different shops, framing artwork, worked in retail, clothing, that was much later in life. I worked in a nonprofit, I did public speaking, I started a magazine, you know, I started adding all these things up and listing them all. And then I let them interact with me and say, what do you think of those jobs that I've done have helped me to be able to do the current job I have, which is video production, running my own business. And they got pretty creative in their answers. You know, some of them were a little cheesy and stretching it. But a lot of them, I'd say half of the things that they said related back to communication skills, working with others, problem solving things that you learn by just being out in life and having a job and keeping it and working well with other people. So you were saying earlier that you thought this might be beckoning you in, in perhaps a, a new direction. 
Now, I can't imagine that half-assed substitute teacher with bribery tactics is your career uh, choice. No. Um, but some perhaps... Uh, perhaps what? Tell me. Career what should I do? coaching? Um, or Ooh. helping people find, uh, you know, a profession. I remember when I was in high school, uh, we went through basic training on, like, uh, how to fill out a resume, how to talk to someone in the workplace. I'd be really good at that. How to not blow up at your bosses, 101. Ooh, I would have failed that a hundred times. I could still offer that <laughs> class to you, Derek. I think your boss would appreciate it. Oh, my God, my boss would, would be very, very happy. Oh, maybe I can get him to hire me. I don't have a plan for this. I do think... I want to be more active and looking for opportunities to speak. And I've looked at things like, so there's this thing called Ignite in Baltimore where they give you five minutes, 20 slides, tell your story. And I've thought about doing that. I've done uh, Stoop Storytelling, which is another version of something that happens in other cities, The Moth, and I forget the names in other cities. You've preached the glory of the Lord. I have done that, but let's, <laughs> let's avoid that one. I think enough from last week was plenty. And coaching, honestly, is a lot of that. It's a lot of small talks, individuals, small groups, the whole team. It's talking strategy. It's finding out how to motivate one kid versus another kid. And I enjoy that. So uh, how am I going to fill that in if I'm done coaching, if I'm not getting college career classes on a regular basis? I don't know yet how I'm going to fulfill that. But it's something I used to do more often in my 20s. Kind of had a pause I think in my 30s and 40s and maybe it's time to uh, start finding opportunities to speak again in ways that engages people, challenges them. I'm not looking to like go on a traveling book tour and speaking to the world because I think I have some incredible insights but I do think I have some unique perspectives. I've done a lot with friends who are in that transition from working full-time and then wanting to go on their own recently our buddy Justin did that and I've worked with him he's a motion graphics guy and he's done some work for me and that's been sweet to set him up in some ways by offering advice we've talked about taxes and accountants and how to set up your llc and how to set up a bank account and a lot of those things that are just super practical how to look for health insurance those are things i think i could help people with and i've done it very spontaneously and in an amateur way but perhaps uh, there's a career in there i don't know well there is definitely a career in consultation yeah. Um, all kinds of small businesses can use help with stuff like that. One of the other things I really focused in on with the kids was the concept of you can't buy time. And I talked a bit about work-life balance. To me, that's just one of the key things about why I own a business, is I want to invest my time, which is limited, in things that I want to do. And when I think about the 50 to 50, I mean, this is a huge investment of my time to do things that I want to do and that I'm excited by and getting to share it in a podcast form with other people is like a bonus and it's teaching me a lot and, uh, and it might lead towards other business ventures. You know, Alexis has a podcast that she's working on about health and being diagnosed with, you know, life-threatening diseases at younger ages. Really interesting topic. Not my content, not my wheelhouse, but man, I think I can help her with equipment and recording and editing and music and how to tell a story well and how to do interviews. So maybe this is part of what the journey is for me. And that's what I try to communicate to these guys, that the jobs you take, part-time cheesy little jobs might have an influence. The education you get absolutely has an influence. Who you associate with, as you mentioned. Uh, and really following the things that interest you the most, whether that's sports or playing D&D &D or pets, whatever it might be, even as a kid, you can begin your career process and not make it seem like some other thing. I want to be a banker, a lawyer, a doctor, whatever, and it's all about following a traditional path to get to that 
end result. It's more like, hey, I'm gonna spend time doing these things that I enjoy. How can I make money doing that? Or how can I make enough money somewhere else so that I can volunteer in those ways? And that was actually, I think, the last topic I covered with them is volunteering. Well, what are we talking about next week? You know, I alluded to it. Uh, today itself, I went kickboxing for the first time, took a kickboxing class with our friend's uh, sibling. They did a great job teaching me some things I had never done before, and look forward to talking to next week. You and Tiffany were supposed to join me, so I'm hoping that maybe in the next week or two you guys would check out the class because it's going on for, I think, six weeks. But kickboxing, sport of the future. I am very excited about kickboxing. Uh, we were supposed to go. I had a lot of gig bags unpacked, like piled all over the house from all these different gigs I had over the last week. You're gigging around town? I love it. You had a gig last night. I heard it went really well. Yeah, at the sidebar. My band Patterson Trash played um, with four other bands uh, from the Baltimore and or Maryland area. Atomic Cretans came down for PA. I think we try not to take ourselves too seriously, so maybe a little like uh, ween in that direction, but we sound much more like them crooked vultures or queens of the stone age sort of like psych rock like dark psych rock all bands i don't know so <laughs> very excited to see you guys live yet again and uh since you know i survived kickboxing any predictions though on what i might say or what happened to me there what happened to kickboxing will mike Alivin be the oldest person to begin competing in mixed martial arts competitions find out next week i love it You have been listening to 50 to 50. Check out our website, 50to50.com, for photos, videos, and the opportunity to give us feedback or suggest an activity for Michael Ivan's quest to expand, experiment, and embrace as he turns 50.